Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined as always by Don Callahan on the UNC football recruiting podcast. What's going on, Don? Not too much. I'm just happy to be here with a scrum lurker. <laughs> That's right. Um, Should we explain that real quick? I'm not even people will get it. There's uh, my friend Mark Armstrong of ABC 11 sent me. He watches this Canadian TV show and they do a scrum media scrum lurker video highlight thing and i was featured in it this week of just people kind of listening in on scrums but not really i don't know how to explain it they aren't really paying attention and they and they look like that they're just the week they just want to get the week over with and they're ready to get home and ross definitely looked like that <laughs> someone in the back kind of in the background kind yeah. of lifting kind of eyes wandering just going through the motions, but really their minds somewhere else. But but the people who do it, the Dan and Jay, they actually well, they they are originally from Canada, but they came to the U.S. and they were doing the the FS1 uh, show for a while there for a couple of years when FS1 started up. But yeah, they're back in the in the U.S. Funny guys, I guess they just never yeah could, could catch on in, in the United States. I remember that Jay and Dan on Instagram for those who want to follow them and watch yeah. that video. Um, all right, a little bit different kind of show. We are going to focus on Sam Howe, and that is what Don's Weekly Scoop focused on. I know that Greg Barnes is writing a couple things uh, on Sam Howe. We had him, we had an interview with him yesterday at the Keenan Football Center uh, for about 10 minutes at the podium and about 10 minutes at a table. It was kind of odd. We just sat around a table with him, like maybe seven or eight reporters and Sam Howe. And he's starting his first game, the first true freshman to start a UNC opener ever. Highly talented recruit, the jewel of Mac Brown's first recruiting class back at UNC. And so it's a big moment for him this week and big moment for UNC football. Don, how do you kind of see the show going and how do you want to kind of take it? Well, I I actually, I'm kind of curious about your, um, I guess, round table, a literal round table with uh, Sam Howe, not just, what he said, but just uh, maybe, I don't know, nonverbal cues that he gave off or, you know, just the questions he was being asked and how comfortable he was and, and that sort of thing. Because really for a while there, I, I knew that Butch Davis did it and I'm pretty sure Larry Fedora also did it where they didn't allow freshmen to be interviewed until after they played one game. So it's interesting that, that Sam's allowed to um, not only be interviewed, but be interviewed like that. So what were your takeaways with that? Well, overall, I mean, Sam is a confident, a little bit reserved, straightforward guy. I mean, he is he's not super big personality. He gives you a straightforward answer. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's super outgoing, but he's confident, calm, collected, focused. And I mean, just kind of reading your scoop and then listening to what he said. I mean, there's a lot of things about how much he studies film and his work ethic. Personality-wise, that's kind of my takeaway. It was kind of odd. We had him at the podium, which is normal. A little bit different. Every you know year is a little bit different how they do player interviews. Sometimes it's after practice. This time they brought him in at 5 p.m. and we talked to them. And then we had him around a, a kind of a, a lunch table situation, like a big table. And we were all kind of sitting there and he was just talking. It was cool. Some of the questions some people asked were kind of a waste of time. But you got a feel for who he was. You got a little more depth on certain topics, certain issues. Um, you learned some more things about him. But 
it'll be interesting. I mean, this seems like the guy for the next three or four years we would expect, you know, so it's kind of like, all right, here we go. This is going to be his show for the, for the next um, foreseeable future. So I love that UNC did this because I, I felt like one of the bigger blunders of Larry Fedora's regime was just not working with the media enough to get like a like this you know positivity kind of surrounding it from at least from the media standpoint. There was a lot of botches that he had, but also just limiting so many things and not being forthcoming with stuff from injuries to all this other stuff. But this, you know, obviously it's a positive story. And UNC seems to be embracing this and, and saying, let's give the writers as much material as possible so they can do their jobs and make this as, pos- as positive as possible. So all the stories the entire week are about this you know, in-state kid becoming the first true freshman opening day starter. And I, I, think, I think it's great. I love the fact that they did all that, that sort of stuff. Uh, kudos to UNC. I'm not trying to be a shill or anything like that. because uh, And it doesn't really help me because this is completely out of my department. But just to see them doing this, I think is great. Yeah, and um, they've been pretty good. The new uh, sports information group under Mac Brown has been good with giving us access. We, yep. get, we get Mac a lot. We got tons of players. We have the quarterbacks once during camp when they're in the middle of competition, and then we've gotten Sam now a second time. Obviously, that that's good. And, and there, there is a rule with UNC basketball about freshmen who haven't played a game yet, can't talk to the media. I think with Sam Howe, I mean, starting QB, you make a little bit of an exception with him, but that was nice. And, and yeah, it's if you want to, you know, if you want to talk to a guy and do a story, UNC will work with you. That's been good. And it's a little bit different under Brown than Fedora, but enough of that. I mean, how do you see the show going? What do you want to talk about? What What about how do you want to touch on it? And before we get into that, do you want to give our um, our new top five? Yeah, might as well. Top of the show. So we're gonna do the podcast that that we got sent at the end of the show. That was the previous top five. We got tons of, of submitted answers. The new top five is going to be your. I like this one a lot. Your top five sports bucket list items, bucket list, uh, uh, any anything with sports. Yes. So whether that be a, a venue, a, a certain game, a rivalry, uh, think outside the box, anything is kind of open-ended. I don't want to give any suggestions, but it can be any team, any location, any event, not just limited to the common sports. I like it. I like it. I like the open-endedness of it too. I think that would be good. And it, and as you mentioned, I mean, we got a lot of submissions. We'll get into it more later on the podcast. But we got a lot of submissions for the top five podcast, and um, you know, it was really fun, kind of looking through all those. For sure. Okay, Sam Howell, Don. Yes. All right. So um, I guess just ha- let's just have a conversation, and I think we should probably start a little bit at the beginning and and kind of take a deep dive into his uh, his recruitment. Uh, because uh, it wasn't always a foregone conclusion that that this was going to end like like this with him as a starter at North Carolina, because there was obviously he was committed to Florida State for a little bit there. Um, how much did you actually cover Sam? Because I know that you flipped over to strictly the team, um, what like a year or two ago. So how much did you actually cover yeah, him? And I mean, not him? much. I, I remember talking to him at the Charlotte opening. Okay. When, um, Trevor Lawrence was there. Okay. And, okay. and Jordan Adams was there. It was that one. So, I mean, he was underclassman then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he might have been a, a sophomore, rising junior. Um, but we were aware of him. And I, I saw you use one of my pictures before I, I was with, before I was with Inside Carolina. 
<laughs> I was at this cube. I mean, he looks so different there uh, from a UNC camp. So, all right, you take us through his recruitment. You obviously recognize this kid, probably eighth grade freshman year. Yeah, uh, I mean, the when I went by his school uh, for the first time, which was during his sophomore year, I remember sitting across the table from him and saying to him that I feel like this interaction is so overdue because I've been hearing about him for so long. And for those, I mean, I, I'm assuming most people who listen to this kind of know how I do things. For in-state guys, I want to go to their school first before I do my first interview with them, just to develop a rapport with the people at the school, uh, the head coach, if I don't already have. And then also to kind of introduce myself to the kid because I'm probably going to be harassing them for the next year or two. Um, and so that's usually my first, I guess, introduction to the kid. And I just felt like I should have been there so much sooner because there was so much buzz about him even before his uh, he entered, entered high school. And if you read the, the weekly scoop that we posted, that kind of goes into that. But as far as the actual recruitment is concerned, Maryland ended up being the first school to offer him. And that's significant because um, later on with, with what ended up happening with, with Florida State, uh, at the time, the I believe Walt Bell, he was the offensive coordinator of Maryland at that time, correct? Correct. Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. So he, he gave him the first offer and was able to, to establish a really good relationship with, with Sam because of that. Um, they, they felt like that, that Walt Bell believed in Sam. So um, fast forward to when things actually started getting heated up with his recruitment. Uh, North Carolina actually took their time in offering him. They liked him, um, but uh, for whatever reason, they allowed, I think he was like, you know, UNC ended up being like the 12th school to offer him. Um, you know, and that was kind of, um, you know, Keith Heckendorf, who was the offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, who, not the offensive coordinator. He was the, the quarterback's coach. who was basically responsible for the quarterback offering. Uh, he kind of had that mentality where he didn't want to offer guys early, which I don't necessarily agree with, especially in this situation, because it really could have burned UNC. But um, uh, he waited to offer him, and that really kind of hurt UNC. Um, initially, it wasn't such a big deal because he, he still kind of had only like a dozen or so offers. And then after his junior year, he just absolutely blew up. And I mean, just it was just like every day it seemed like a new offer was coming in. And there were getting bigger and bigger. He had Alabama, he had uh, Ohio State, he had you know everywhere. And of course, shortly after Walt Bell made it to Florida State, that's when Florida State offered him and he actually committed to uh to Florida State um in April of his April prior to his senior year. Are you with me so far? Ross. Yeah, yeah. And I would when did UNC actually offer? I'm actually looking through his um profile and I don't know if we had that. U- UNC moment. UNC, I, I went back, I took I took copious notes for you, Ross, because I knew this question would come up. UNC <laughs> offered him on June fourteenth, twenty seventeen. Now for comparison's okay. sake, Maryland offered Maryland, him Maryland. Go ahead. January 9th, twenty seventeen. Okay. Well I have for some reason I have uh, December seventh. 2016 regardless it's okay. it's it's roughly six months after maryland offered him north carolina offered and what's even more telling or 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 more consequential is the fact that by my count there were like a dozen schools that had offered in between maryland and north carolina which you can see how that might make sam feel a little bit slighted towards towards unc right yeah 
I'm looking. Yeah, of course. And I'm looking here. I see Maryland, then Kentucky, Missouri, Minnesota, Wake Forest, uh, in-state school, and then um, NC State actually even offered him before North Carolina. See Tennessee, East Carolina, Duke. Well, these I think these are after. I don't know why we don't have it listed on the profile. That's probably my mistake. Um, Duke, Ole Miss, then you have like um, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Then you get into Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. These came in 2018. Um, Ohio State, Georgia, Virginia Tech, Florida, Michigan, Nebraska, Miami, Florida State. Um, so they offered pretty late too. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Florida State offered in 2018. Uh, February 2018, then Alabama, Oregon. So, I mean, every school of note, uh, it seems like, all for this kid. Really well, blew I think up. Florida State got the pass because of the fact that Walt Bell was able to pitch it like, oh, well, I wasn't here. You know how I feel about you. I was the first to offer. And so yeah. that made it okay. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, I, it's ridiculous that a guy this, of this caliber would be offered so late by UNC. Um, mm. I mean, you got to be in on these in-state guys. I mean, I remember that. I was like, why haven't they offered this kid? He's highly ranked. He's getting all these big offers. I mean, they, you know, Heckendorf knew he existed. Fedora knew he existed. But I guess it's kind of the way they they do things. His dream was to play at North Carolina growing up. And I think that actually worked against him because I think that Heckendorf looked at it like, okay, if I offer this kid, I got to be prepared to take an early commitment from him. And I think he wasn't ready to do that because he didn't know what else was going to be out there with that class because it was so early yeah okay so we got all that he's committed to florida state for up until um national signing day but let's go a little bit a couple months before signing day i think is when kind of the drama started yeah right you had i mean i'll say a couple things i mean the big thing was walt bell leaving florida state let's go back before that because you take you take the reins then yeah um I believe it was late that spring um, or may, I think it was like that spring um, that, that may, which so, so it was about a month after he committed, there started to be a little bit of rumors coming out that he was still talking to North Carolina and everything. So I dropped by a school to talk. Actually, no, no, let me take that back. I think that, I think it was actually late that summer that, that he was still talking to North Carolina. And um, I went by a school um, and, and the reason why I went by a school was I talked to his dad at some other event and I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to do, I'm planning my trips. Do I need to come to Sun Valley? You know, should I talk to Sam? All that sort of stuff. And, um, he was, you know, and, and, and I, and I love Duke a lot. He's, he's, he's been so helpful throughout the, this process. Um, he was kind of like, he didn't say it, but it was kind of how he said certain things. You know, he was, he said things like, All right, just, you know, why don't you just come by? You could, you could see Gavin Blackwell, who's a four-star uh, 2021 um, wide receiver. And you can, um, you know, get some Sam, photos of Sam, uh, photos of Sam. Uh, he needs some updated photos and that sort of thing. And I was like, well, is it going to be worth my time? Is there some interest? He's like, well, you know, you could just talk to him and see where he says and that sort of thing. <laughs> there was no, there was no like, you know, he's firm. Um, you know, he's, he's not going anywhere, anything like that. But when you talk to Sam now, it was completely just, uh, you know, I'm not talking to any schools. And then you find out that he's texting with schools or that, 
schools are talking to his parents or talking to his coaches and, and that sort of thing. But so Sam, when I actually came by the school, took the photos and all that, um, he was in complete denial about everything. He did admit that there were some text messages exchanged, and that was the extent of it. And then he took the visit to, to UNC for the home opener. Um, and that just went bonkers. And I Against remember California um, last year, 2018. Yes, 2018. I, I guess yeah. it was uh, um, my memory is so bad. So I guess it was, uh, I guess, California. So yeah, he so was he committed, he committed to Florida State April yep. 2018. And then kind of summer easing into the fall, there were some questions of his um, commitment level. Yes. Well, there was rumors and he was denying everything. You were but, on it. Well, you, you sniffed that out. <laughs> Dirty dog. I would, <laughs> anyway. So he goes to the game, and the whole story about why he was at the game was for Gavin. And he did, and the thing was made a little bit believable, is the fact that Gavin uh, did kind of – Sam took Gavin underneath his wing and took him to a lot of places. And so it made it believable. Um, And That's a very common thing. I'm visiting with my friend to show them around. I'm visiting with an underclassman. (laughs) And it makes perfect seen sense. Seen a thousand times, Don. Seen, seen a thousand yes, times. Yes, but with this situation, it made perfect sense because they were so close, and that was their relationship. Uh, Sam is definitely a big brother to Gavin, so it made sense. Um, and I remember talking to his dad because I, I kind of got some sources saying that, and I, I reached out to his dad. I said, hey, I hear this is yeah, Sam's coming this weekend, and he said, this is true. If you could just do me a courtesy, just wait until at least Saturday. I don't want uh, Saturday to report it. I don't want it coming out on Friday and then it messing with, with Sam's head for the game on Friday night. I honored that. I posted it Saturday morning. Um, and then the, the ish hit the fan once he, once he visited, even though they let, let, let Florida state know it was just, I guess the fan base was just went complete. The, the Florida state fan base just went completely bonkers on the whole situation. Um, and, from that, well, obviously they downplayed everything, but they realized, hey, if we're going to do something, we're going to make sure we do it. Or we go full full steam ahead. We can't um, we can't just you know just make some some visits and and then think that this is not going to blow up and Florida State's going to be asking us questions. Um, and then they, I guess, a couple months passed, and yeah. then Sam, and then Sam took official visits to. To North Carolina, followed by Florida State in November. Where yeah, so and that, he unofficially visited on UNC on September twenty second. Mm-hmm. It's another visit, and then unofficially visited Florida State on October twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Then he officially visited UNC on November seventeenth, mm-hmm. and the next weekend, which is the second to last weekend of the season, November twenty third, he officially visited Florida State. Yes. M- and meanwhile, that- Florida State is having a pretty bad season. Yes. Um, they lose to Virginia Tech. They lose to Syracuse. They're they're one and two. Uh, they win a couple games. They beat Louisville, which was an awful team. And they lose to Miami. And um, they end up losing three in October, November, Clemson State, Notre Dame. And um, I'm trying to, I can't even find their record, but where they end up? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven losses. So seven and uh, seven and six. Sound, sounds sounds right, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, at this point, official visits. What happened uh, from there? 
Well, so at that point, he was finally came out and said, okay, look, I'm looking at these two schools. I think there might have been some other schools, if I remember correctly, that were kind of – there's whispers about. Um, but, uh, you know, we knew it was just those two schools. And this is also when North Carolina things started to kind of go crazy for North Carolina. And Fedora was fired towards the end. Um, I guess it was – had to be after that Florida – or the weekend of the Florida State official visit. Uh, the weekend after he visited Florida state on the 23rd. Um, okay. And then the next weekend against NC state, UNC, uh, Fedora was, was fired. I do remember Heckendorf and Fedora going down and visiting, making a big visit during a game for Sam Howe as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right, cool. So we'll, we're going to take a break there. Fedora's fired. Um, obviously Mac Brown's hired and we're going to get into kind of December what happens there when we get back um we want to talk about our friends at giant t-shirt giant t-shirt.com they've been our podcast sponsor for a while now a local store on franklin street check them out on uh, giant t-shirt.com use the promo code you can find on the premium message board football and basketball at inside carolina uh love the local support right there on franklin street get a t-shirt get a sweatshirt it's becoming sweatshirt level uh, weather don uh get a hat get something for your kids your mom your dad uh, and check them out, johnnytshirt.com, right there on Franklin Street. We love to support local companies, uh, whether it be restaurants, websites, or places to buy your Carolina gear. Keep it local. Shop at Giant T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. All right, we are back. Make sure you use the promo code. And we are back. All right, so uh, Mac Brown's hired, and this is kind of when it ramps up. Take it from there, Don, because um, they have, what, three weeks, I think, until National Signing Day uh, in, in the, like around December 20th? Yes, yes. So okay. initially, when Fedora's fired, that kind of just took North Carolina off the table for Sam Howell. Uh, now, no one said that publicly, but I, you know, from, from what I was told, that, that, that was the case. Now, Mac Brown was hired. They made sure that uh, Sam Howe felt like a priority because obviously he was. That put things back on the table. But yes, initially they wanted to be part of the part of uh, UNC under Fedora. I don't know if um, Heckendorf uh, was something that they were necessarily attached to um, for some of the reasons we mentioned earlier. So anyway, so we go. Um, and because you know there was an interesting sort of I guess new rule that that credit to UNC Mac Brown or whoever kind of discovered it that and and this I think this is the first year it was actually um, employed was the you're allowed to take a second official visit if the head coach had changed so right. that that was kind of on I guess the table for for Sam and they kind of talked about it but it just didn't work into the schedule because he he wanted to play in the Shrine Bowl and. And all, and all this sort of stuff. And then also, he didn't want to do anything with North Carolina if he didn't know who the offensive coordinator was going to be. And that kind of played into things. And I remember actually being at the Shrine Bowl practice, and the um, underrated Ben Sherman was, uh, you know, because I'm on the field, give me updates of, you know, what coaches are being hired and, and that sort of thing for North Carolina. And I remember him giving me the call for the uh, Phil Longo being hired. And right after practice going up to Sam. Yeah, Sam kind of knew that because there's rumors at that point that Longo was going to be the guy. Um, and so I, I kind of sort of broke the news to Sam, wanting to make sure I got his feedback on it. And so he gave me a little bit. Uh, his dad, I ended up talking to his dad later, 
and he provided a little bit more insight, just how much they liked Longo, liked his system, um, and uh, they had they they developed a really good relationship with him when he was the the head coach, not head coach, sorry, offensive coordinator at uh, Old Miss. But um, I don't think Old Miss the school fits Sam personality wise. So they just kind of exit off his list. So now that he's at North Carolina, that, that obviously changed the game. So really it was just a matter of kind of just sealing the deal. And uh, he ended up officially visiting North Carolina. I believe it was the weekend of the Shrine Bowl. And then signing day, I think was the week after. Um, does that does that sound right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't see that visit, but of course you would know. He, he, signing day was December nineteenth. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, that, how that lines yeah, up. That, he, that, he, that he that sounds about visit. right. He took another. Yeah, he that's took, right. He took, took a second took, official visit to meet the staff, meet Longo, talk with them, all that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So, right. um, at that point, it basically was a done deal. It was, was just pro- me- good. good. That was probably something you needed to update on the profile. So that was. That was Okay. I got you. Well, the, <laughs> now the the thing is, is can we put two official visits on the profile? Uh, I think so. I don't know. You probably did two unofficial. No worries. Okay, so you were down there. We knew he was going to commit to UNC at that point. What, a week before? Well, it was before. well, he, well he, yeah, a couple of days before because he took the official visit the prior weekend. Um, and yeah, so that was a Wednesday was the, the following Wednesday was the actual sign day when he was announcing. Correct. We had stories ready. I mean, it was a huge traffic day. Obviously they, they flipped, uh, Tristan Miller, Emory Simmons as well. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily a flip, but, uh, Mac Brown landed some other commitments as well. And then Sam Howell was the big thing a little bit later in the afternoon, if I remember correctly. Um, and that was huge. I mean, he was a jewel of the class. I always write that, um, top. 100 guy, number three, dual threat quarterback. So UNC has their guy. Uh, he enrolls in January. Um, and where do you want to take it from here? I mean, he he's in, he's in uh, spring semester enrollee um, and obviously trying to learn the offense and competing with Kate Fortin and Jace Reuter. Can you, you want to kind of take it from there, from spring, summer to fall, and how he ends up winning this job um, two weeks ago? Well, I mean, I know probably, well, you probably know way more than I do about this. I know that you guys don't get to see a whole lot, but um, yes, I mean, he competes with those guys in the spring. Um, there was rumors that, that he, that, that he was kind of ahead, but Max said that the competition, there was no competition this spring. He wanted those guys to kind of learn at the offense. And then um, obviously there was a, comp- comp- a competition in, um, in August and, Sam ended up winning it, and Fortin decided to transfer because of it. Jace Reuter is going to back him up. Uh, what any anything that you can recall from the past, I guess six months or so, from the whole Sam Howell situation? Um, I think the main thing is that I mean this was Mac Brown and Philonga's guy that they recruited, and he's in state guy. I've said this a couple of times. I think Greg kind of felt this way as well that if it was going to be close, they were going to go with Howell. Um, and it seemed like it was a very close competition with Fortin and Reuter and that last couple of weeks of training camp, um, how separated himself enough um, to get the job. And if you, of course there are going to be mistakes. He threw interceptions and, and the scrimmages and things like that. But I think his ceiling is higher. 
um, and things like that. It just made sense to go with him, true freshman, their guy. It was just it, c- picking a quarterback is such a weird dynamic because you're you have three guys who are working hard and you have to pick someone. You can't go with two or three um, like UNC's on the past. So uh, I think combination of he can make every throw, he's athletic enough, he can run the ball a little bit, and then you combine that with what we kind of learned through talking with him and through your scoop about he's a film room rat. I mean, he's in there early and late. He he loves watching tape. He watches a lot of tape. He's um, a hard worker, and you combine all that with his confidence, and it seemed like uh, that was one of the main reasons why I did it. Yeah, yeah, no, and I agree, and I think that – I mean, I share the same opinion that you guys – uh, did so many things point it to Sam from the get go. For one, a lot of times when a new staff comes in, they want their guy at quarterback unless they have an established quarterback already. And then two, basically this is year zero for Mac Brown, so he can make mistakes. He can. This is the the one year where it's okay to, to have a freshman who kind of takes the lumps, will lose games because of a, a freshman mistake. Um, because everybody expects things to. This is going to be a year that you're you're kind of figuring things out. And then being an in-state guy, I mean, that's that's only going to help with recruiting. So you would prefer your quarterback be an in-state guy. That is not a necessity, but it definitely helps with, with the image um, for so many things. And then, you know, just the fact that uh, just how you recruited him, the things that happened with everything, uh, just it just made a whole lot of sense. But really, uh, if you have not read the weekly scoop, it really goes into tremendous detail about all this. We, we you know, we talked to all of the, all the I guess people that are very very close to um, Sam on the record, and they discussed just the things that they heard about what what he did. And then um, on top of that, uh, we have some sources from from within the program that shared their opinions and what the, what the staff was thinking and what the the staff saw from Sam throughout the the past however many months. Um, really really insightful with uh, the different information and really kind of gives you a, a grasp of why Sam was able to win this job. For sure. We're going to get into some of that. Um, you know, Sam as a player, what Don thinks he'll bring um, and, and kind of what he said as well in the interview yesterday. When we get back, we take a quick, bit, quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back with Don Callahan. Don you kind of teased it there. You mentioned some of it in the scoop. You don't want to give it all away. That's for our premium subscribers on Inside Carolina. What can you tell us about Sam Howe as a player, and what do you think he'll bring to the position in year one and these first couple games and then moving ahead of why they picked him, You know why you think he's going to be successful uh, the next three or four years? 
Well, number one is his intangibles. He's, as you mentioned um, with your interview with him, that describes him to a T. He's not, I don't want to say he's shy, but he's not going to, he's not going to say a whole lot. He's not the guy, if he's in a room of group of people, he's not the one standing out. That's just not his personality. Um, He's, he's very reserved, but yes, but yet he, he has this confident, confident air about him, which is definitely what you want in a quarterback. You know, he he kind of demands um, respect because of the way he holds himself, but and, and also just the things that he does, the preparation that he does, which the scoop really goes into in, into depth about. Um, and, and then the other thing with, with that's kind of connected to that is that um, he's 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 inflappable. I mean, he's a guy who will throw an interception walk to the sidelines and not let it bother him on the next play. You have to have a short memory because you are going to make mistakes and he is definitely going to make mistakes this fall. I am probably a lot, uh, but uh, you need to be able to kind of turn the page and move on. And I think he has an ability as far as physical, um, I guess, attributes. You know, number one thing is that he, I mean, he's super strong arm, throws the ball with a ton of velocity. He will definitely get it there. Um, Definitely has really good vision. You know, he's a coach's son, which I guess goes in, back into the intangibles. He um, understands things a little bit differently than, than most guys. You know, really good at breaking down defenses and that, that sort of thing. Now, he, in high school, was used a lot as a rusher. I don't think you were going to see that a whole lot just because of college. I mean, he's going to run for sure, but not as much as he did in high school. I, I think he was like, I think it was like a thousand yard rusher the last couple of years for uh, Sun Valley High School. And I don't think you want your, your quarterback or North Carolina doesn't want Sam Howell doing that. But when he does run, he has a build like a running back. So he can absorb, you know, think Russell Wilson, you know, so he can absorb a lot of, um, a, you know, a lot of uh, abuse, a lot of hits. He, he could take that sort of thing. So th- those, those are the main things for me. Uh, anything that you saw from him in, in, I know you guys only saw like a couple of, uh, couple of yeah, I mean, facts this. I, I'm not going to, there's nothing really else physically um, further than what you said. I mean, I, I like the fact that, you know, he can throw on a lot of different angles and, mm-hmm. and, and knows his way around the pocket. Uh, the arm strength is there from what I've read and seen. He can run, he can run when he needs to. Tall, he's not a tall quarterback. 6'1", uh, but he's thick. Yeah, 225. So you, you hit the nail on the head there. What I'll add is, and what we talked about a lot with other players yesterday a lot of the seniors, we had Nick Polino, Aaron Crawford, Miles Dorn, Chad Surratt, Michael Carter, some of the upperclassmen, is how he earned the trust uh, of the upperclassmen and the seniors and how he earned their respect to be a leader and how you become a leader as a true freshman. And I think that's super difficult. I mean, these guys are four or five years older than you. They've been here for three or four years, and you coming in – with one semester underneath your belt and you're about to lead this team. It's a huge task. If you can kind of think about when you were a freshman in high school, freshman in college, that age gap is huge. So I think that was interesting. You know, he didn't come in cocky. He didn't come in, you know, I'm the high ranked four-star kid. He came in, put his, his nose to the grindstone, put in the work. And I think that's the best way to, you know, be a quiet guy, quiet, confident guy and do the work and show that you're willing to put in the time film room on the field, uh, work with the other quarterbacks in the offense. And that's the way you kind of begin to earn trust. And, you know, you, you've got to step up the leadership and, and that becomes once you have their trust and that kind of stuff. So that's an interesting dynamic. I and mean, it's key. I mean, it, it's huge for a freshman quarterback to, to, to become the starting quarterback. You have to uh, have the trust of, of the senior leaders and that kind of stuff. And that'll be interesting to watch how that works with the team dynamic. Okay. 
You ready to go into uh, podcasts? Yeah, I mean, let's see if there's anything else. Um, there's not much recruiting. I think we 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 touched a lot on the Sam Howell thing. Anything else on Sam Howell? Uh, I mean, South Carolina game, Bank of America Stadium. You know, he grew up going to games there. Have tons of family there. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, he's going against a huge offensive line, experienced defense, experienced defensive coordinator and head coach. Um, like you say, he's going to throw some interceptions. He's going to make some mistakes. It's kind of uh, trial by fire. Yeah, the only other thing I would add on a re- recruiting front is that even though it's a um, neutral site location for the game, that UNC is allowed to give each recruit three tickets, one for them, one, uh, two for their, to get for guests. And um, UNC will have a large amount of recruits there as their guests for, for the game. Um, now, now, no contact can be had between the recruit and UNC staffers. So really, it's just them going to the game, watching the game, and that's it. Um, but uh, we, we will have a, a full list of um, those expected to attend. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different because it's off campus uh, as far as our coverage of it. But we will definitely have a list of um, those who are expected to attend uh, later this week. Interesting. So I knew you, both teams could bring recruits. I, I guess it's crazy. Give them three tickets to the game. That's awesome. But they're in the stands, not on the field. They're not. It's not like a normal home visit where you're, you know, shaking hands with the coaches and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's no meetings with Mac Brown. There's no, obviously, no tours of the, of the facilities. There's no, um, you know, any sort of atmosphere you witness. You can, you know, it's it's obviously going to be a dip, different atmosphere at, at uh, in Keenan Stadium um, on on a typical. Saturday. So really it's just kind of like a nice thing. It's, it's opening weekend for college or I guess week one. Cause last week I guess was opening weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's just a nice thing to kind of see the, see the new offense, see the new defense, evaluate those sort of things and, and possibly project where you might fit into, to this team. Awesome. Okay. So yes, yeah, so that's kind of the recruiting update. We'll have next week. We'll, we'll obviously preview the Miami home game, Primetime game at 8 p.m. inside Keenan Stadium. Obviously, going to be a huge uh, recruiting day and evening for the Tar Heels. Uh, but we'll get into that next week, and Don will have a list of recruiting visits for that as well. Something to, to watch for if you are a premium subscriber to both this game in Charlotte and next week. So now we're going to get to our top five. Remember, our top five for next week will be your top five sports bucket list events, teams, items, games, anything like that. Uh, take it whatever way you want and send us those. Send them to Don over direct message on Twitter. Tweet at him or on the message board. Yeah, my correct? Twitter is, yes, Don or at Don Callahan. I see his Twitter and it's just Don Callahan on um, on uh, Inside Carolina. Make sure you give me your name and your location. Um, there's a lot of people who I didn't get anything um, I have no idea who they are. They could be, they could be strangers to me, and they're sending me their their podcast. So make sure you give me your name and your location. Yeah, and make sure you follow Don Instagram on uh, on Twitter for your Carolina football updates and just random comments on sporting events. Yes. Like out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere, you'll have some like every once in a while. Yeah, I don't. I'm not like a huge like. I don't. You'll be like not- it'll all. It'll be all Carolina recruiting, and then like one. Tuesday night, you'll tweet like, wow, that was awesome. Yes, yes. No, like every once in a while, I'm like sitting 
up I have a I don't have a man cave, I have a man tower. I'm up on the third floor. And so I'm just sitting there sometimes just by myself and I want to tell someone some random thought I have about what I'm watching. And since no one's around me, because my family does not like me, I have to tweet it out, you know. Yeah, wow, three floors. Sick brag. Okay. Um let's get into it, man. We've been this has been a like almost a month in the yeah. making. Your top five podcasts and we got 19 submissions broke our record yeah break the record broke our record our 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 record initially was i think was that first week was uh, 16 so this shattered it by three and the (laughs) other thing too is that there you know we have the regulars but then there's a lot of new people who have never submitted as far as i can remember never submitted to us which is great i love the new contributions yeah, and we're going to post these somewhere on the boards, I think, because I think it's cool to – Yes, these were great. I love new ideas. I listen to a lot of sports stuff. I, I would love to have some more ideas. And podcasts, man, there are so many out there. Anybody can have a podcast on any yes. topic. It's such a cool way to learn We have more a podcast. Topics. Yeah, anybody if can do have, it. Yeah, if we have a podcast, anybody can have a podcast. We have six podcasts a week now. Oh, <laughs> man. I think um, – so that's it's awesome. It's a good way to, to learn about different things and personalities and stuff. All right, so let's we're gonna go through. I think we're gonna pick three people each, and again, we're gonna post this on one of the boards, probably both boards. Um, if we get once we, once we get Ben's permission uh, to do that. All right, you start, Don. We'll alternate. Don't ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness. Yeah, okay? I live by that motto. Okay. All right. I'm going to start off with Dale because he didn't really give us a list, but he wanted to make sure that he kept his streak alive. And he just said, unfortunately, I can't add much value this week uh, to the top five. The only podcast I ever, ever find time to listen to are the IC podcast. I think that's, that's uh, great to hear from Dale. And I like the fact that he wants to keep his streak alive. Never so misses, like, he says he never misses a recruiting podcast. That's, that's awesome. I, lo- I love Dale. We might have to send Dale uh a podcast mug yes no we got to do that but okay. we got to get dale's address yeah um man I, without a description of what they are uh it's hard to um know what they are but all right i'll do brent from parts unknown his are all sports pti the tony kornizer show the carolina insider which a lot of people mentioned that's with jones angel and adam lucas Inside the film room with Jake Lawler and Zach Goins. That's a two football players from UNC break down um, movies and the Paul Feinbaum show. I don't listen to any of those. I listen to the Carolina Insider occasionally, um, but those Is are your sports ones. They have great guests. I mean, they have the access, and um, we can go to a lot of people mention that. So I'm, I'll go to it, go into okay. it a more later on. All right. I'm going to go to Michelle and Charlotte because that's going to be that's separate from our Michelle. Um, although I do know this Michelle too, I'm not going to give any details beyond that. Um, but, uh, number one, <laughs> she's a parent of someone I know. All right. Okay. And someone I think other people know too. All right. I don't know if she wants that out there, so I don't want to go into any more detail. Anyway, number one we have, uh, is inside the film room with Jake and Zach goings. If you are not already subscribed, you are crazy. Number two is the Carolina Insider. As you mentioned, Adam and Jones have great coverage of UNC football and basketball with some of the best interviews I have heard all year. Uh, Just kind of uh, echoes what you mentioned. Uh, Number three, the Charlotte Observer did an excellent podcast last year about Panthers player Ray Carruth. Andy and I listened to it. 
uh, each week on the way to UNC football games last year. Really interesting local true crime story. Number four, Serial has a good podcast series, and last fall was, uh, was season three, where they focused on one courtroom in Cleveland, Ohio, and all the different cases that went through there. Number five, ESPN 30 for 30. Season one and two are the best. Bonus uh, is your favorite show. A podcast, uh, favorite TV show is Outlander, and their podcast is terrific. All right. Great. I- I've listened to the Ray Carruth one. I've started that. I actually started with Greg on a road trip, but uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not cool. The guy killed his girlfriend. Yeah. But um, very interesting how they do it. They interview tons of people. Um it's an awesome podcast there by the columnist down there whose name, uh, Fowler, I believe. Yes, Scott Fowler. Son's a student at UNC. All right, th- I'm going to pick one that's no sports. This is Ethan from Lake Norman. And these are all, I have never heard of any of these. So um, hopefully they're new to you as well. The Art of Manliness. Uh, you might need this one, Don. Exceptionally long form <laughs> topics with experts um, on how to, examples of how to create a neighborhood where kids can play outside and learning how to learn. So it seems like, Learning different ways to do things on different topics. The art of manliness. Number two, the way I heard it with Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe, enough said. It's short, under 15 minutes. Historical stories told from a perspective where you don't necessarily know the time period or person the story is about until the very end. Interesting. Under 15 minutes. I like those. The ones you can knock out real quick when you have a, something to do that, you know clean the house or something was 15 minutes long all right three the andy stanley leadership podcast unfortunately the content is only released once a month and relatively short but covers workplace family and self-leadership topics from the perspective of andy stanley who is an exceptional religious speaker interesting so a little self-help leadership family uh thing there the ben shapiro show number four don't agree with everything the guy says, but he's very logical and his views on my voting issues align pretty well. Highly recommend his Sunday chats. He has good guests for longer form discussions where he more moderates and leads the discussion. And number five, Bill, Boar, Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast, because sometimes you need a laugh. Crude, but hilarious. Longer content always makes me cringe and laugh. So some great, a lot of mixes there. Some self-help, some religious, some political, some comedy. From All Ethan right. and Lake Norman. I'm going to go with Mo from Mooresville because he is moving and he might actually already be in New Jersey, which is where he's moving to. So his five um, are part of my take. He's number one, Big Cat and PFT have a chemistry only rival by Don and Ross. A little shout out for, for you and I, Ross. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I listen, I listen to that show too. Do you? Um, Serial, yeah. a classic, but was my first exposure to podcast and really got me hooked. Sports Wars. Sports Wars is something I have in my queue. I have not actually listened to yet, but I've heard it's good. Um, newest podcast exploring some of sports' best rivalries, a la uh, Fed versus Nadal, Favre versus Rogers, Shaq versus Kobe. Very cool. Uh, that sounds number, good. Number four, um, uh, 22 Hours, a podcast about the kidnapping and murder of a family in Washington, D.C. in 2015. I really do like the um, true crime stuff, so I'll definitely be checking that. Dr. Death, podcast about a neurosurgeon who truly had no idea what he was doing and botched so many surgeries. Fascinating and sad story. Wow. All right. Interesting. Um, okay. I'm going to pick one more and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I'm trying to find a good one. Um, okay. Here's a sports one. Since, you know, it's guy, everybody's here listening to sports. Corey from Carlisle, Pennsylvania. The Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Fellow Pennsylvania native, former uh, West Virginia kicker and punter and Colts punter 
a lot of behind the scenes on football stories and absolutely hilarious conversations. He is calling Thursday night college football games now. Pat McAfee, a very funny guy. I've listened to a lot of his stuff as well. Number two, KFC Radio. It's a barstool podcast, not for children. Just two guys talking about pop culture and adding the everyday take on things. Very funny. Lots of great guests. And KFC is a, a New York sports fan. Adam Schefter podcast. Great sports podcast. Typical Schefter greatness talking sports. Good listen to catch up on the latest sports happenings. Usually good interviews. I, I tried the Adam Schefter podcast and I just didn't like it. It was really slow interviews mm-hmm. guys i mean he gets great guests but it just wasn't it wasn't, didn't do it for me but okay. i love adam Schefter. i love his um i love watching him on tv actually with his scoops and stuff yeah no he's great he's the best in the business well him in um Woj- what's his name? no well i'm talking about from football nfl um god i forget his name he was on fox and now he's with the athletic but anyway if you don't remember yeah. don't worry about it okay oh uh, <laughs> uh bruce feldman no not feldman feldman's college football oh my bad <laughs> Four, one-shotting podcasts. Mark Titus and Tate Frazier do an incredible job delivering college basketball news, their own unique comedy styles, lots of inside jokes and skits about what is happening in the college basketball world. Tate Frazier is a former Inside Carolina intern. I know uh, John Siegley listens to that podcast. Let's do a little bit. It's good to listen to during college basketball to get a a more broader view of the landscape. Um, They're pretty funny. Uh, And then How I Built This. NPR host Guy Raz interviews founders and creators of companies and learns how those creators built their products. Lots of good stories about how some of your favorite things came about. Gets a little repetitive after a few episodes, but still interesting to learn about those businesses, how they started, and the way they overcame challenges. All right. Let's do our five. Why don't you just go through your five? I'll go through my five straight. All right. All right. I'm fine with that, but I have a caveat. You ready? Yeah. I actually have two lists. Okay. All right. So how about I go through... My first, and then you go through yours, and then we'll go through my second. That work? Yes. Okay. All right. So my first group is actually – the reason why I did the two lists is one is kind of my um, – the, the mini-series, which obviously they have ended. And the other list, which I'll give, give later, is uh, you know continual. All right. So my top five for the mini-series, uh, Caruth, number five. Um, you know, Michelle mentioned that. Um, great. I think it's um, – if uh, if you're a Charlotte, uh, I'm sorry. If you're a Carolina Panther fan, it's great, especially if you remember that those early years with with Caruth. Very interesting, sad story, but uh, they did a really good job, especially towards the end when they um, uh, actually interview. Well, they don't actually interview him, but they talk to him, which is um, kind of interesting. Uh, number four, Fall of a Titan, uh, Steve McNair, kind of sort of the same sort of story, only McNair is the one who who him and his uh, mistress were the ones who get in, get um, murdered. Um, you know, as actually like a year or two, a bunch of true crime uh, sports um, podcasts came out, which is really good. And this is this was also one of them. Um, really interesting was ca- kind of the conspiracy theories and everything. Number three, in the same lines of the, of the previous two, Gladiator Hernandez. I think this one was was uh, really really well done. A lot of um, a lot of information that wasn't previously out there. Um, I think it was a Boston Globe that did this. It was it was great. Um, Aaron, a lot of good Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, Aaron Hernandez is called Gladiator, so it goes back to his 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 history, um, his his upbringing, different things that went on that maybe people didn't realize. Um, don't want to ruin anything. Number um, two, believed, which actually is um, about the Larry Nasser um, situation. Um, very not definitely not for kids, um, and definitely kind of um, you know, especially if, if you have kids who who are involved in sports, especially if you have girls who are involved in sports, 
um, you know, kind of really, um, I don't, I don't even know how to put into words. Some it's, it's partly fascinating, partly sad, just how, how, how this guy was able to manipulate so many different people and just, just, you know, um, do what is he was able to do. Um, it just really kind of opens your eyes and, and once you, you know, keep your eyes open for, for what predators do and, and how they can, can achieve what they're trying to achieve. Number one, this is going to be my recommendation for, for Ross. Okay. Okay. Finding Richard Simmons. I, I had a trip t- from Atlanta to back home, six hour trip. And I was like, I need something that's going to get me up and get me going and have me excited about this trip. I popped this on. I listened to the majority of it on the trip. I laughed my, my ass off. Um, it's, it's definitely, if you're not into the ham, whole flamboyant stuff, um, it's probably not going to be for you. But if you're comfortable with all that sort of stuff, this is great. Um, it's, I didn't realize this because I'm not a Richard Simmons fan, but I believe you are, Ross, correct? Yes. Okay, because you and him, you and him exchange shorts, I think. But we won't go there. We won't go I can't there. Find that one. Finding Richard Simmons. Finding Richard Simmons. Maybe they took it off. This was a couple of years ago. I'll have to look for it for you. But okay. he basically was all out there for a long, longest time out there in public. Made himself very accessible, and then all of a sudden, just decided I don't want the I don't want the attention anymore, and just cut everybody off. And one of his friends decides to try to find out what the hell happened to him, and. It really kind of there's situations where he leaves the recorder on. And he's knocking on people's doors, so so it's kind of kind of cool, kind of funny, very interesting, very different. All right, you go with your list. Yeah, I can't find that one. Um, I will so, look for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, here we go. So I have a lot of sports, but um, I'm like going through, and they're all sports podcasts. Uh, I'd go the one I listen to the most is probably Pardon My Take off Barstool, Big Cat and PFT. I, I kind of separate it from from the Barstool guys. They're different. Um, they get great guests. They're hilarious. The chemistry is, is, is unbelievable. They do three a week. So I'm super behind, but I try to listen to all those. Um, they have, a just a lot of inside jokes, things like that. So it's, it, you feel like kind of part of the podcast. Um, how I built this mentioned by one of our, uh, one of our submissions, it, that's probably my favorite when it comes to just, you need something that's a long show for a drive, 45 minutes to an hour. Like the guy said, um, they pick a, a company, you know, usually some of them are startups like, you know, recently or even old companies. And they go through and explain the whole process on how that company was created um, from the idea to how they sized to, to different things. I love it. Um, let me find some of the uh, examples, the ones I've listened to here. Um, different companies like Shopify. That's a bad example. Um, Teacher America, Yelp, Chesapeake Bay Candle, Allbirds, Pita Ch- Stacy's Pita Chips, Zappos, Bumble, uh, Men's Warehouse. Um, it's really cool. That's probably my favorite. Uh, I listen to Dan the Levitard show a lot, and uh, so I guess the podcast occasionally. Um, that's probably one of my favorite sports talk radio shows. So they they do a podcast with different segments, and they do a they sum them all up. So that is three. Um, I'll give a shout out to. The Cover 3 podcast, that's a 24-7 sports and CBS Sports college football podcast with Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. I know both those guys pretty well. I work with Barton in um, Nashville for three years. He handles all of the college football, sorry, the high school rankings for 24-7 sports. He's the lead national recruiting guy. This is not a recruiting podcast, though. He does a lot of college football as well. 
So Chip, who's in Basin Raleigh, went to UNC. He is a CBS college football writer. Him and Barton do a great in-depth college football show. They know their stuff. Um, Barton played at Yale. Um, and they just really – it's a really in-depth college football podcast on everything from recruiting to coaches to uh, a lot of gambling stuff. So it's a really cool one. And then um, I listen to a lot of Ryan Rosillo, whatever he does. So he has a bunch of podcasts. He's with The Ringer now, but he used to be with ESPN. Ryan Rosillo, he's had a show with Scott Van Pelt for a while. So there's some podcasts with Scott Van Pelt out there. The Ryan Rosillo Show, uh, along with a bunch of different things he, do, he does. So I, I Google his name, and he has three or four podcasts come up. Um, he's been doing more stuff with The Ringer now, which I'm not too familiar with. But his Dual Threat podcast is good. Anything Ryan Rosillo does, I enjoy. And a last one I'll give the bonus is uh, Talk Dating to Me, a, oh, date, a, local, a local dating podcast that I would recommend Don for you to check out talk <laughs> to me. Um, if I had that on my phone, my wife would whoop my butt. It's about dating in the modern era, um, sex relationships and dating. Uh, so check that one out. Uh, talk dating to me. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Your, your last, your okay. last five. All right. Have you ever listened to the menace to society podcast? It was like a hot thing like a month ago. No. It's it's the one with that um that wide wide receiver coach from um Ohio State who who I guess ah. uh, abused his wife yeah it was I, I like I don't have this in my top five but I did want to mention it the first couple episodes were fascinating because he kind of really kind of gave some dirt on on a lot of different guys uh, a lot of different coaches um but uh, he's I guess trying to turn it into a regular podcast and kind of get away from that stuff and I, I just don't really care to hear his coaching rankings and that sort of stuff so i've kind of stopped listening to that but i was curious um a couple zach, other honorable zach smith yes zach smith yep that's so him. he has turned his getting fired from ohio state into a podcast yes yes so if you want some insight definitely the first couple of episodes are pretty interesting but then it kind of just for me it just kind of died you know you know, kind of went off the cliff a little bit. Um, you definitely some stuff, but Tom Herman, he has some dirt. So about Tom Herman and some other coaches um, also um, that are well-known, kind of interesting. And, and I mean, the thing too, is it feels a little bit real because there's certain things where he's like, that didn't happen. You know, things that might look him bad, might, might look, yeah, might, might like him look bad um, that uh, he kind of, emits happened or and that sort of thing but anyway uh, a couple other honorable mentions audible i listened to have you ever listened to that the audible with, yes uh, okay with bruce feldman and bruce Feldman, yeah, yeah. And, and and Stuart mandel I, I do listen to that regularly and also on um, the ap top 25 i think is pretty good but my actual top five number five <laughs> <laughs> i've basically given out my entire queue right now but uh number five I won't go into detail. Broad Street Hockey. I'm a big Flyers fan. This is this is a, a Flyers podcast, but I do listen to it pretty often. I like the fact that they they literally post one almost every single day, so um, which is great. If I want to listen to hockey, I have something new. Um, number four is I'm going to reveal a guilty pleasure, which I've never released publicly. So this is breaking news. <laughs> okay, my okay. guilt my guilty pleasure in my life is I'm a big. I'm 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 struggling with kind of admitting this. I am a big um, MTV challenge watcher. Okay. okay? Uh, it's the one, it's the only sort of, I guess, competition my wife would watch with me because she absolutely hates sports, which obviously for me with my life and my job, it, 
it just doesn't mix. But so we're able to watch that. So there is Challenge Mania, which is a podcast. They have a lot of the the contestants on there or, or whatever they're called, um, the competitors, I guess, on there. And, and it's kind of interesting. So I do listen to that. All right. Number three. Yeah, this is going to go. This is another one where I'm going to kind of, I guess, uh, go against the grain, I guess. I don't know what, what, what the term is, but this is a competitor. Commitment Issues is actually done by um, Woody Womack from Rivals. Uh, I know Woody because we bump into each other a lot on the road. I personally like him. Um, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but um, who he is on this podcast is exactly who he is in person. You know, un- you know, unexpected what he's what's going to come out of his mouth, what he's going to do, all this sort of stuff. Obviously, talk recruiting it, to me, it's it's uh, the pure just national or I guess I guess it's national recruiting sort of stuff. They actually touch on more than anybody else on a consistent basis. There's a lot of a lot of podcasts that touch on it a little bit, but they touch on it consistently. And I enjoy um, Woody and what they what they bring. Number two is actually you mentioned Cover Three. I really do like Cover Three. Um, at first, uh, I didn't like it so much, but um, after I listened to it a couple more times, I really like what um, what Chip and and Barton bring. I, I know I know Barton also not as well as Ross. We haven't had slumber parties or anything like that, <laughs> but um, we do interact quite often. But they do a really good job. They're w- really well prepared um, with all their information. I listened to a bunch of their podcasts to kind of catch up yesterday on my on my road trip. Number one, now th- from my understanding, this isn't for everybody. Solid Verbal. Have you ever listened to the Solid Verbal? No. All right. To me, it's it's the thing I love about it is not connected to any sort of big brand. It's just two guys who just love college football, love to do the research, have really good chemistry, and um, they just talk about college football. And um, I love the fact that they they prepare, but yet they don't take things seriously. They have a little fun with it, but um, it's 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 kind of like what I try to model Ross and I after. To be honest with you, <laughs> great. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I really, that's one I always recommend is, is solid verbal, Def, definitely different, but they have a strict schedule as far as what they're going to do each, each, uh, each week. So you know what to expect. I like that also, but they're very, very prepared. They're not super, super experts, but, but you know, uh, what they're giving you is, is legit. Good stuff. Um, it's odd that you download and listen to a rivals podcast, which is obviously a competitor to 24 seven sports. Uh, not very good company man there. <laughs> I good company man. That's probably the term I should have probably used. But you uh, know how you know how it is. I mean, now you're in the you know different sort of atmosphere. But when you were back doing recruiting, you're you're spending these. You, you and I spent a lot of sweaty afternoons, like cuddled up on a hot football field. You know, you develop <laughs> friendships that way. That's right. All right, we're in it there. Um, hopefully, you got a lot of those podcasts. I think the deep dive into Sam Howe's uh, recruitment and development and what type of player he'll be for UNC is very interesting, kind of working our way back through his uh, recruitment uh, and because he, he seems to be a, a very important player for UNC for the next couple of years. And then, obviously, the podcast section. Uh, hopefully, someone gets some ideas. We are going to share these. After we post the podcast, we'll post a lot of these submissions on one of the boards. I want to thank you for listening. It's game week. I'm about to head over to a Mac Brown interview after Wednesday's practice. So I have to run. We appreciate you listening. Any last And I'm words, going to Tom? the doctor. Okay. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. 
Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.